0: Okay, 30 seconds has started. Chair, staff is ready when you are.
1: Good evening, and welcome to the April 5th, 2023 Sacramento Disability. Disabilities Advisory Commission meeting. The meeting is now called to order. Will the clerk please call the roll to establish a quorum?
0: Thank you, Chair. Commissioner Kennedy is absent. Commissioner Chand? Commissioner Crespin? Is absent. Commissioner Kramer. Here. Commissioner Mercer. Is absent. Commissioner Tucson Boyd. Here. Commissioner Williams.
2: Here.
0: Vice Chair Crowley. Is absent. Chair McMillan. Present. Thank you, we have a quorum.
1: This meeting is also virtual via Zoom. For members of the public who wish to join, please refer to the agenda for the Zoom link. Once you have joined the, the meeting and wish to speak, raise your hand to provide public comment when the chair confirms the public comment speaking period for your desired item. If you're online, click raise your hand at the bottom of your screen. If you're on the mobile app, you can raise your hand by tapping on the raised hand option under the more tab. If you're on a telephone, please dial star nine and then star six to mute and unmute. Speakers will be called upon by the last four digits of their phone number. You will have two minutes to speak once you are called upon. We will now proceed with today's agenda. Please please rise, those who can, for the opening and acknowledgements in honor of Sacramento's indigenous people and tribal lands. To the people of this land, the Nan people, the Southern Maidu, Valley and Plains Miwok, Putwin-Wintun peoples, and the people of the Walton Rancheria, Sacramento's only federally recognized tribe may we acknowledge and honor the Native people who came before us and still walk beside us today on these ancestral lands by choosing to gather together today in the active practice of acknowledgement and appreciation for Sacramento's Indigenous peoples' history, contributions, and lives. Thank you. Commissioner Williams, will you lead us in the Pledge of Allegiance, please? Yes.
3: I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all.
1: Thank you. The first order of business today is, is the approval of the consent calendar. Consent calendar consists of the follow-up log and the minutes of the last meeting. Are there any members of the public who wish to speak on matters on the consent calendar?
0: Thank you, Chair. I have no speaker slips and no speakers with their ha- hands raised on Zoom.
1: Thank you. Are there any commissioners who wish to speak on either the minutes of the last meeting or the follow-up log? Seeing no speakers wishing to speak, I will um, look for a motion to uh, approve the minutes in the consent calendar.
2: Commissioner Tuzon Boyd, I make a motion to approve the consent calendar.
1: Have a second.
3: Commissioner Williams, second.
1: Thank you. Will you call on a vote, please? Vote.
0: Thank you, Chair. Commissioner Kennedy is absent. Commissioner Chand. Here. Aye. Aye. Commissioner Crispin is absent. Commissioner Kramer? Aye. Commissioner Mercer is absent. Commissioner Tucson Boyd? Aye. Commissioner Williams? Aye. Vice Chair Crowley?
1: Abstain.
0: Chair McMillan? Aye. Thank you, the motion passes.
1: Thank you. We will now proceed with the discussion calendar. Um, We have a staff presentation on the North Sacramento library.
4: Uh, Can everyone hear me okay? My name is Ezra Rawadi with the City of Sacramento uh, facilities. And I'm here to present on the North Sacramento Hagenwood Library remodel. So, this is the product address uh, 1124 Del Paso Boulevard, uh, right next to the light rail s- uh, stop. Next slide, please. Oh, I'm able to. Uh, project overview background. Uh, The existing building was constructed as an Ink Brothers grocery store in 1947. Uh, Remodeled in 2008, opened in 2009 as a Sacramento News and Review building, so a lot of the accessibility provisions were honored at that time. It was part of a a major remodel that included a permit. Uh, Building was purchased two years ago by the City of Sacramento. Uh, with the intent to convert it to the North Sacramento Hagenwood Library. So it's a partnership between a city-owned building and a county-operated library, city-county-operated library. Uh, Design is currently underway, so we're currently wrapping up schematic design and moving into design development as we speak. Uh, This is an informational review to convey the project to the commission uh, to receive comments. Uh, site aerial so you can see this is about a 19,000 square foot building uh, parking around. We do have some existing accessible parking that's not fully compliant that we will be bringing to become fully compliant. Uh, There's an existing access aisle from the north uh, to the public right of way. Just as a side note, we will not be making any improvements to the public right of way. This is just an on-site facilities project. Uh, I went through some of these things here uh, when we are looking at the site plan. The major improvements, as I mentioned briefly earlier, were done in 2008, completed in 2009. Uh, now that the space will be public use, will be fully compliant and accessible. Um, we're looking for recommendations, but we also have a budget to meet. So we're looking at uh, what the priorities are for barrier removal if, uh, if we encounter any. Uh, a little bit about the parking, there's 47 total parking spaces uh, which roughly, you know, which does calculate the two parking spaces required, one van accessible, uh, on the, the accessible. We will provide four accessible parking space with two van accessible and two accessible. The thought being there that uh, we will provide the infrastructure so that one will be van accessible for an EV space, So planning for the future there. In the meantime, that space will be made available for uh, accessible parking, non-EV. The green box here on this plan is kind of the major improvements to the suite where we are uh, undertaking large changes to the floor plan. As You can see there's a central bank of offices that's gonna be changed into the library. So this is, the green box is kind of the library proper. Outside of that, we're doing some minor updates and upgrades um, this is a little bit maybe minutiae. i preaching to the choir here a bit, but uh, I'll just go through some highlights. Primary entrance is our main, uh, main point here that we're gonna be starting with. Toilet and bathing facilities will be fully upgraded to be accessible. There's a few issues with the distance of grab bars and we have a full uh, accessibility report that we will be following. Uh, drinking fountains will be added with high-low and a bottle filler. Uh, There are no public telephones serving the area, so we don't see that as a priority. We'll do a full sign package, including Braille, uh, mounted at the correct height, uh, including directional signage, exit signage. Um, We do wanna make sure that we install fully accessible doors and closures. All public uses will be uh, within reach ranges and accessibility provisions regarding maximum height of countertops, et cetera. Um, and again, we're looking for recommendations uh, Proposed floor plan so if you compare this to the previous floor plan the the central area that was previously indicated in green Shows that we're changing this to la- large areas of stacks We will have a children's restroom so you can see that kind of towards the bottom of your screen I'll try to use the laser pointer here a little bit Uh, So there will be a children's restroom that will be fully accessible, and then uh, two all-gender restrooms that are fully accessible. These existing restrooms on this side will be um, completely upgraded to be fully compliant. Uh, We're also going to be removing a garbage disposal at an existing kitchenette. Um, So that is within the maker space and kitchenette space. So that's on this side over here. there's a, a garbage disposal that will, is in the way of uh, making that sink accessible. Um, those double restrooms for men's and women's in this section here are uh, the ones that we're gonna be looking at making fully compliant and then adjusting door closers or replacing door closers as needed with a full new sign package. This is a rendering of the interior of the front lobby. So we will make sure that the front counter has a fully accessible portion of it, um, so that anyone utilizing the library will have uh, access there uh, with a 34-inch maximum height counter. Um, the The entire thing might, the entire counter might be uh, have portions above that height. Uh, This is the teen area, so the idea being here that teens would utilize a a good portion of this space, it's one of the priorities of the library to dedicate a space to teens in addition to children. Um, And you can see the large uh, existing bowstring trusses above Uh, computer lab area, so this will have uh, spaces designated for um, accessibility stations to remove a chair. Uh, We hope that each of these computers would be fully accessible. if. if the need arose. Children's area, so the idea being that in this back corner uh, where that door is, so within the green wall, there'd be a door to uh, children's restroom. Uh, So that would serve uh, with fully accessible children's height uh, water closet and grab bars. Um, This is just a little rendering of the Existing conditions versus the proposed. We'll be making some updates to the exterior, including uh, ISA mounted to the exterior storefront and making sure that those doors are fully compliant. Um, This is a a side view of the existing mural that will be maintained. Um, And just, uh, we're adding a loading dock on the side, but we'll be making sure that those accessible parking spaces out front are um, completely upgraded. Tentative project schedule, so just a little overview of where we're at. We're currently within, um, we we completed the design review and community comments section. We're within uh, the design period right now. We expect design will be complete roughly late summer, early fall. We'll work towards bidding and award of construction uh, this winter. Uh, Construction completion, we expect uh, about 14 to 16 months, and then library open to the public likely summer of 2025. We'll um, open up to questions.
1: Thank you for the presentation. Are there, um, any commissioners who wish to ask any questions or make comments at this time? Uh, Commissioner Boyd, who's on board?
2: Thank you very much for the presentation. It's really exciting to see this project move forward. I know that building has um, been empty for a while and um, the North Area deserves a new state-of-the-art library facility for its residents and youth. Um, My first question is in regards to the EV space. Um, It sounds like once that is installed, that uh, ADA space will no longer be ADA designated. And if that is the case, will it be um, replaced by another an additional spot somewhere else in the lot?
4: So, yeah, great question. So that space before we install an EV charger will be a fully accessible space. Once we install the EV charger, then it'll be a van accessible and EV charger. Okay. So the way the code reads, if we install EV chargers, we have to provide also accessible EV chargers. So okay. the idea being that in the immediate need, would be to serve the general public for an accessible space, but then that would uh, be migrated once we install the EV charters to be an accessible EV space.
2: Thank you, and then my only other question was, um, you uh, pointed out the children's restroom facilities. Um, Will those have any ADA features?
4: Yeah. What will those be? Yeah, so we'll be installing full grab bars uh, on back wall and sidewall, uh, making sure that the reach ranges to the, uh, all the accessories are within their correct parameters. Um, the water closet will be at a lower height to serve children because that will meet their needs. Um, so it'll be fully accessible for children and, um, and usability. And we also have a access- fully accessible uh, adult restroom, if you will, uh, right around the corner. So.
2: Thank you.
1: Vice Chair Crowley. Thank you.
5: <clears throat> I might have missed it, but my question is, when you're talking about the space, is there consideration of uh, capacity, of, for instance, with accessible spaces if there needs to be a scribe, a reader, ASL interpreter, does that impact the number of people within a certain space for those who might have to have additional people with them?
4: Uh, It shouldn't, yeah, and so I would defer to the library on that for their operations to make sure that they have assisted hearing devices for any programming that would require that. Uh, But that's something that we can look into programming to make sure that the assisted listening devices are are within the project.
5: Well, um, and more specifically, the human support, the additional adult or interpreter or ASL provider. Something came up recently. It's testing time, state testing time, and the libraries have been a place where it's been said that space is made available for accommodated testing for the state requirements. And sometimes there's feedback where the schools or the people who are reaching out to the libraries. So since this is an opportunity where there's uh, space being considered, just to know if that goes into the, you know, if a, a certain area has a capacity of 12 people, then if there's a designation, to allow for that 12 people plus that one and does that change the design at all or anything like that. Just wanted to bring it up as a um, concern that came up in the community recently.
4: Okay, yeah, thank you for that. Uh, We'll definitely look into it and and, uh, incorporate that into our design. Once we have a full occupancy calculation, we'll know better if, if any of that would be impacted.
1: Yes Kramer.
6: yes hello um I just wanted to know more about
2: about the the layout of of the of the building and if it will be accessible for those using mobile devices um, specifically with the restrooms is that I know that sometimes even though things do meet ADA requirements is that sometimes spaces are still too too narrow or, or still too tight for people using mob- mobility devices to get to have access to those facilities.
4: Okay, yeah, maybe I can go back to the floor plan just to look at that a little bit. So, just to give a little bit of, uh, um, zoom out a little bit. So this space right here, which is kind of an L-shaped space, and apologize, I don't have a mouse to be able to circle it, but uh, to the left of the plan, plan left, uh, will be what we're considering like a staff work area. And so that'll be, that'll have its own uh, all gender, fully accessible restroom with a complete turning space. So it's labeled staff area there, yeah, AMHS, which is their um, mobile handling system. Um, so that will have ample space for turning, um, turning radius. So I suppose a follow up question to that would be what are your recommendations? Like what is a, if there's something beyond the 60-inch um, round turning area, what would you recommend uh, to provide ample space for that, those, those needs?
2: Well, I know one thing is that sometimes the, the doors to the stalls can be a, a problem. So maybe finding a solution to making sure that they're not too much in the way or that they can go inward into, into the stalls to where, to where they're not blocking the path to to
4: those facilities. Right. So on the men's and women's restrooms, the doors swing out. um, So they would not impede on that stall Uh, on the all gender restrooms. The door does swing in, but I believe that there's ample space between the lab and the um, door, but we can double check that.
2: Thank you so very much.
4: Thank you. Are there any members
1: of the public who wish to speak on this matter?
0: Thank you, chair um i have one member of the public on zoom peter mendoza i'm going to unmute you now
4: good evening mr chair members of the commission great to be with you all i intended to be there in person but i had a little mechanical problem i wanted to just ask about uh, couple of things. Are the meeting rooms or any place where there might be lectures? There's a lot of comments in the report about fully accessible, but that means different things to different people. Are they going to have automatic doors like to be able to access the restrooms or any meeting rooms where folks might gather? Tell me more about how you're going to incorporate integrated seatings for those of us who may participate in library activities and bring our friends and want to be able to park where they're sick? Okay, thank you for your comment. On that, that would be very helpful. Thank you.
0: Thank you for your comment. Chair, I have no more members of the public with their hands raised.
4: Well, yeah, maybe I could just address it. So I, th- I think the there's kind of a two part question there. The first part was uh, automatic openers on the doors. Currently due to budgetary constraints, we do not have automatic openers on any of the doors, but we could potentially look at doing that on the front entrance um, as that, uh, will be utilized uh, quite often. Uh, So we do have ample clearance, both interior and exterior, uh, for approach and push-pull clearances. Um, And and I do identify that that may not meet the needs of everyone, but there may be opportunities for library staff to assist or uh, keep the doors open for large events.
1: Okay, well th- thank you again for your presentation and, you, your and the information shed. This is a, uh, a file, so we'll receive and file this item. Um, moving on to the next agenda item, um, youth and teen, the hangout. Do we have a uh, staff presentation on this item?
7: Hello, can you guys hear me?
1: Go ahead.
7: Thank you. Um, I'm Jenny, and I am the Recreation General Supervisor for Access Leisure and Adaptive Sports Program. That is run through YPSI Department with the City of Sacramento. All right. Um, so tonight, I'm going to kind of just give you a little rundown of programs. So we've been existing with the city um, pretty much since 1966, providing programming for mostly adults with intellectual and developmental disabilities. But we've expanded throughout these last 30 years, um, opening our doors to many people. And um, the mission, obviously, of Access Leisure in general is to optimize the quality of life, excuse me, and provide enhanced life experiences with people with disabilities throughout accessible recreation and services. And And it's such a great way for us to provide these services now going into, we've now hired a program coordinator who is going to run our children, teen, uh, and youth programs. So I wanted to kind of give kudos to our staff because they really truly never get kudos in a lot of our programs so we kind of did this little page. But um, the amazing thing about our staff, we have 20, 21 staff uh, in our department that are running multiple programs with you know children, teens and adults and adults with uh, physical disabilities and our veteran programs as well. And I l- love the fact that m- we have probably six to eight now, uh, certified rec therapists on our staff or are going to be certified rec therapists. So it's, a, it's an amazing time for us to really be building on our programs. So we're gonna get to the hangout. So I don't know um, if many of you know this. So we used to run after school teen programs uh, for many, many years through four different school districts here in the city of Sacramento. And that funding was taken away in 2009 through the regional centers. So we brought back with other Measure U monies and funding through other programming, the Hangout. And currently right now the Hangout is going on uh, Mondays and Thursdays and we do it at two different facilities at Bell College Community Center and the Sam Shepard Garden and Arts Center. The greatest thing that I have to add to this presentation is we just now are going to be moving that program over to the Southside Park community clubhouse and in hopes that we're gonna run that Monday through Friday as an after school program for teens with special needs. Um, currently the hangout is, uh, is, it's pretty much developed to serve children ages 13 to 22. That's uh, the age range that they can be within the school district. So we're working with school districts as well that once we get this program situated in a set place, then we'll work with school district transportation to get to everybody over there. Um, But the amazing thing about this program is that it just provides an opportunity for these teens to you know develop peers and friendships and make connections not only with their own peers but you know again we're hoping to actually incorporate some of our programming ideas through the summer and do a full inclusive program with the existing teen programs that are going on at the Southside Park playdates or Southside Park Community Centers. So that's a, a really excitement for us because we've been really pushing about getting people back into community and it's been, it's been a challenge. Um, the, the Hangout is an amazing program. It's, it, it's a resurgence and parents are excited about it so we're hoping to get numbers up and, and uh, definitely get this going as a Monday through Friday. We're also working with the school districts, um, colleges, CSUS, consumness. Uh, ARC to hopefully get some of their students to come in and do some volunteer time too as well. So I like to just kind of reiterate a fact again that you know, recreation and leisure and how important recreation leisure activities are and what they provide um, for our teens with special needs. We all know that we all generally go out and recreate ourselves and it's a little easier for us to make friends or connections in the community and, and do those things. It's very challenging for our teens and so the uh, new program that we're gonna be doing with this team program is not only getting them out a little more into the community as well, so that they're comfortable in their communities and that they're, they're building those, those platforms as to you know, making those connections and knowing that it's okay for them to go out into community. Um, so it's very important for us to promote So we're gonna run down just a few uh, things about the benefits and outcomes of the teen programs. Um, Teens participating in the program will gain valuable and transferable skills for future endeavors. Uh, Many adults with developmental disabilities are socially isolated, exposing teens to a variety of social and recreational opportunities and developing lifelong friendships will assist them in having successful adult life and creating a rich and rewarding future. And the great thing about this program is, again, like I said, our access leisure department and adaptive sports programs. We do social programs for uh, young adults and adults as well. So the goal is, once again, we start getting the teen program up and going. And once they start aging out at that 22 age, it doesn't stop. Social, you know, and, and recreation and leisure opportunities don't just stop when they're when they're done at one program. So. <clears throat> We like to try and transition those those teens at that age into the adult program so that they continue that socialization and that, that leisure time that they need. Um, the program curriculum activities are gonna be geared to promote the social, emotional, intellectual, physical development of all the participants. Um, activities are gonna be both structured and unstructured with an emphasis on developing social skills and healthy relationship with pairs. And again, that's the most important thing. Um, our teens today, uh, teens of all abilities, they have that opportunity to go out and do those things or go somewhere and hang out with their friends. This is gonna be that place again. It's gonna be that hangout where they can come and know that they're, they're gonna see their friends every day and hopefully that will, as they get older and more uh, involved in these programs and they're gonna hopefully you know, transition that into where on the weekends, they will make those connections over the weekend as well with the friends that they're making at the team program. Um, So definitely the skill areas here you guys can see is the socialization is the biggest part that we're really pushing, communication, self-care, personal recreation and leisure skills. Again, we're trying to build them to go back out into the community and community access and integration, uh, personal safety, family life, education. Um, We'll bring back a lot of uh, programs that we did in the past with the families as well as to help them kind of Understand the well-being about being recreation and leisure activities so that they don't kind of take those opportunities away from the teens If there's a situation at home or at school they still need to have that leisure opportunity Am I going too fast? so the hangout Is a place where there there's belonging and again you can see here in these pictures um this was a program that we kind of did with the Hangout um with uh Artism, which is another wonderful program that we'll be starting back up again to really get the teens back out there. But it just gives again this picture a sense of community and connection. Um and that's the most important thing. Here are some pictures of last year. So this program right here, these are some pictures of our Southside Park play dates, which I'm hoping that you all know about the Southside Park accessible playground at 6th and U. So we have once again taken that back, not really taken it back, but kind of, we are doing the play dates. So we are back now doing play dates on the weekends for uh, children ages three to 12, three to 13. Um, And we're providing the staff out there to provide programming, whether it's games, uh, arts activities, just having some fun. We have um, an amazing organization that comes out and does music therapy with our group, uh, music to grow on. So you can kind of see we'll start off our summer our spring actually um, this month in April. I believe it's April 15th will be our first one that we're gonna be out there. And um, we're gonna usually open them up with like a bigger event. We'll have um, some outside vendors coming in and having some really fun educational programs as well for the kids to just get them to really enjoy the park atmosphere in hopes that they continue to come back and, and develop these friendships again at a young age but it's also a period of time where the parents and caregivers can come to the park and also let their children experience the park and then they can actually step back and they can communicate and, and, and develop another peer group with, their, with the parents. So that again, this park is, is a stationary park and we really stress to the public, go use it. It doesn't have to just be on a day where we're doing a program. And so our goal is again to get those parents to communicate and connect and then maybe set up some play dates themselves and get out there and and utilize the park. Teen Night Out, um, this is another program that's gonna be an offshoot of the Hangout. And so we will probably do it once a month on a Friday night. We wanna try and just do programming to get the teens um, out in the community again, but also to let them understand that there are things to do in the evenings as well. And we will be providing the staff to go with them so that it provides a safe environment for them and just get them out into community. Sensory swim and water aerobics is another uh, program that we are starting. It starts in June and we're gonna go once a week after summer school. So our our program hours I believe are gonna be from 1230 or one o'clock till 230 in the afternoon. And we're going to rotate a couple of pools um, the sensory swim, we're going to do it with mostly just children and youth. Um, that'll be at Oki Park and Cabrillo Park. And that's, like I said, it'll rotate on a Monday or I think a Friday. So we're going to rotate those days, but we're going to do those once a week. Our water aerobics is going to be a two-hour program where the teens can come out and do water movement. And just also there's going to be an uh, a opportunity for them to socialize while they're in the pool, but it's also going to be an opportunity for them to get in the water and actually do movement and get them moving. So, Artism is a, a program that we connected with uh, last year with Villeen Bird. Um, it was a great program. We did seven series. So we do it once a week throughout the summer. This year we're going to do it again. It was a success and we'd love seeing it. So we're gonna add um, to this program as well. Where We're gonna, we're gonna be kind of rotating the program. So last year we did it all at the, uh, the Sam Pinnell Community Center. We're now gonna rotate. And we're going to kind of move them around in different areas of Sacramento so that other people can hopefully get involved as well. Because a lot of people said it's so far to travel out south. So we're going to rotate it around to Natomas and Southside Park and uh, Pinnell as well. And uh, on top of that, we're also going to try and incorporate um, a sensory room during that time. So it's going to be a several hour program of them doing art, but as we all know with certain children they can't sit still for two hours so maybe you know it's overload and so we're going to have a sensory room or other opportunities for them to go and just decompress and then come back and finish their our project um, this is our program our citrus program uh, Paige, our new uh, program coordinator for children teens and adult uh, children teens and youth um, she is now doing a virtual program that we have been continuing through since uh, COVID days and it's uh, going into the schools via virtually and setting up recreation and leisure opportunities during their class time so that they can kind of decompress from just being at school all day, but it also gives them an opportunity to just have some fun a little bit in class and then it gets them back into a structured sense of getting back into their classroom without any issues. So far the program has been amazing and we have served um, several different schools in I believe Sac City and Elk Grove Unified School Districts. And that is pretty much it. So any questions, you can always contact uh, me with Access Leisure, Uh, we have all our emails. Paige Domgard is our program coordinator, like I said, for the children, teens and youth and is our program coordinator for our adaptive programs. So that's all the wheelchair sports or uh, pickleball, whatever we're doing out in the community. And Sai is our program coordinator for the young adults and adults with intellectual and developmental disabilities.
1: Thank you so much for the presentation. Are there any members of the public who wish to comment on this presentation?
0: Thank you, clerk. Uh, I have no speaker sleep, slips and no members of the public with their hands raised on this item. All right.
1: Thank you. We'll go with um, the commissioners. Uh, Commissioner Two is on board.
2: Jenny, it's always nice to see you and hear about the programming that you guys are doing through YPSI, um, in particular the um, inclusive programming that um, helps our community feel um, welcomed and involved, and just like everyone else. Um, uh, I was, what I was hearing was this: the um, relationship building is is intended to be more organic. And I was wondering if you had like an example of of some of that programming, what that kind of looks like to um, work on those skill areas like communication and relationships. What kind of activities or I know you probably have a lot, but is there an example or two that you can share with us? That's one, my first question.
7: That is a great question. Um, yeah, so the activities that we are going to be doing at the uh, Hangout um, already, we do. We try and do some outside time, especially now that it's uh, you know stays lighter later, so we get them outside and running around and doing activities, maybe soccer, maybe pilo polo, maybe shooting some hoops. Um, so it's kind of that kind of thing. But inside, when they get there, we actually have um, – kind of like a program of uh, sitting down with them at first and we kind of go over the day's events as to how the day is gonna go. Because we have found that, especially working with teens, um, you, you really need to let them know what, the, what they're gonna expect for the day so it's not too chaotic. Um, but then we have a designated like art program. We'll have some games. So when we start getting larger, when we have more teens come in, then that is going to open up a lot of avenues to where we can have areas where if they didn't want to do an art project right now, they can go over and they can just do some social activities, play games. Um, playing games is probably one of the best ways for them to actually socialize and laugh and the staff really enjoy it too. So it's kind of getting them just to, to get used to each other and, and, and just getting them again, like I said, out there. Um, going outside, it's going to be great, especially being at uh, Southside Park. They have tennis courts, they have the basketball courts. So there's gonna be some community involvement as well, which is that's that's what we're looking for. We want them to get out and we want we don't want them to hesitate to go shoot hoops if there's other people shooting hoops. So it's kind of just, you know, again, doing those types of activities.
2: So you mentioned growth, and I one of my questions was how many teens can participate in your hangouts and then um, in reference to the partnerships with school districts is that all school districts are only the school districts where you're, um, where these programs are located.
7: It's pretty much just where the programs are gonna be located within the districts. So right now, because we're starting back new and fresh, um, the first program will be at the Southside Park um, Community Center. So I believe that's within the Sac City Unified School District. So that's gonna be a little easier for us to work with. And I think that once we get that school district on board, then yes, the program plan and design would definitely be to expand these programs once again back into the other school districts within the Sacramento County and city, whatever. I feel like I already know the
2: answer to this question. Um, You're referring to teens, but as we know with developmental disabilities, somebody who might be no longer a teenager, might be more uh, teenage-like, but you have other programming through Access Leisure, um, that w- would accommodate those individuals or is there some flexibility with your the age of participation? Um, when you it, refer to teens specifically.
7: Exactly, so the Hangout is going to be geared just for that age range of 13 to 22. Um, again, it's gonna be an after-school program Monday through Friday. So what we are doing though on um, Fridays, we have other programs throughout Access Leisure as well where the adults can come and come back and have a social hour. Um, we do evening social programs. So again, like I said, once they're out of that school district age and they're just kind of on their own a little bit, it's, it's interesting to see how they fall off the charts and so that's why having the teen program has been in the, in the past a great way to get them back into that, that recreation and leisure opportunities and kind of have that information there for them to transition them into the adult programs. Okay,
2: my last question, you mentioned Natomas. I live in North Natomas, so I'm just hoping that the new North Natomas Community Center and Aquatic Center, um, if not currently part of the plan, is considered in the future, since they do have some meeting spaces and obviously the aquatic facilities as well.
7: So, yes, um, we have been working with the uh, new aquatic center out there. It is a beautiful facility and they love the fact that we're bringing our programs out there. So they are very great about trying to accommodate us when we want to do a program out there. So we already have had uh, several dances and uh, pickleball and, you know, so things. So yes, it's, that's the plan is to utilize all of our facilities within the city to open it up for more people. Great. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Commissioner Chan.
6: Thank you for your presentation. Brandy did ask a lot of the questions that I did um, want answers to, but uh, I did have a few more. What is the support ratio, so as far as the staff and how many teens you guys have? So right now our ratios
7: are really high. Um, We like to do with most of our programs, um, the adults is uh, a little higher, but our teens is a one in four staff ratio. One in four,
6: and then, um, with, since it's an after-school program, did you mention was it pick up and drop off?
7: Yeah, so the, the right now the parents actually bring them after school okay. and then usually what's happening is the parents kind of hang around within the community center and they talk, which is a good thing, and then they take them home from there, so the ultimate plan to help them out um, would be to provide that transportation from the school district themselves so that when they're out of school, they immediately just get on a school bus, the school bus brings them over to the facility, the parents don't have to worry about it, and then they just swing by and pick them up um, after program.
6: And then what current school districts are partnered with the Hangout?
7: Right now, it's, it's kind of all over the place because the program itself is free. That we're doing so, and because it's from the hours of four to six, we have some teens that come from Folsom. We have teens that come from Elk Grove. We have teens that come from Sac City Unified. So it's right now it's all over. So that's the 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 plan would be to eventually spread out these teen programs into those areas as well. Probably into. not out to Folsom, but definitely. So like
6: into other communities, so that way wouldn't be such travel or distance, right? Mm-hmm. And you said plans. Do you know what the plans look like for like Natoma's as well?
7: The right now that we're, it's it's all up in the air. So we're doing, it's not a daily program out at Natomas. It's gonna be the fun programs where we'll offer an opportunity for them to come out to Natomas. Um, A lot of that will be the artism program, um, the hopefully we'll get a swim program out there as well. So it's it's just gonna be opportunities to utilize those facilities. Um, Most of our programs for those types of activities are gonna be on the weekends. So after school, we're gonna really kind of just connect with the Southside Park uh, Community Center and make that our own and then see how we expand from there. And to answer, I believe, uh, your question as well, um, we hope to have our, our, probably our goal is to shoot for about 35 to 40 teens at each facility, at each site. At each site, and you're not sure of how many
6: sites. (coughs) Excuse me. No, not yet. Not yet. And then, yeah, hopefully, because, you know, Natomas does have an aquatic center, so that would be greatly used.
7: Yes. It's a wonderful, beautiful facility. Thank
6: you. you.
1: Commissioner Williams.
6: Um,
3: Just checking to make sure. Jenny, thanks for the presentation. I thought it was really nice. Um. Uh, just to um, piggyback with Jenny, if you guys all don't already know, um, I am part of Access Leisure, have been for 22 years. Um, So I was really um, much a part of the original teen program. That's how I actually started. Um, And the locations, the four locations that you you ladies were discussing, um, that actually started because one site grew. So at this point in time, we're, we're just Jenny is just planting that seed and and it 's that like um, team program two is what I like to call it the comeback um, so it's it's still relatively small um, I'm actually pretty lucky that Jenny allowed the remaining alumni staff of the of the original to to be a part of it, so I am a, uh, one of the staff members um, like I said i 'm hoping we 're going to get back to the four, um, which hits the different corners of Sacramento. Um, uh, but for now it's it's cool. We have a lot of kids from all over Sacramento, so I'm kind of hoping that those guys will eventually get us to where we need to be. Um, but I I heard a question about goals and the organic. Some of the cool things that I'm noticing, the the kids are a little different, you know, from the 2004. I think it's this the hub of when we had teen program. Um, but kind of meeting some of those communication goals that you may find in an IEP, um, especially with students on, on the spectrum, um, that's become really cool to see. They start off almost nonverbal, um, and we have an activity at the, the beginning where we introduce the agenda and agreements that the students make. Um, and usually by the end of it, as they're saying goodbye, they're saying goodbye to each other. So they start to talk. um, And they've gotten quite competitive with the game of Uno. Um, And you could see kind of the changes in communication in that, um, and kind of how they're enhancing um, even just the usage of their hands and opening things. And um, self-advocacy is another one that we've noticed. Um, You know, out of the blue, they'll just ask for something. Um, you know and parents kind of get astonished so it's fun to see the growth and kind of seeing that because I also come from the education standpoint Um, so it's kind of neat to see the education and the recreation how they kind of tie together Um, so I'm looking forward to kind of now seeing more of the youth and the children's play I'm also part of the inclusive Saturdays and it's neat to see um, Jenny brought out adaptive bikes um, one Saturday, and all the kids were intrigued by these interesting-looking bikes. And I mean, they were, and they, then they started asking questions about the students who were utilizing them, and then now they're playing together. So it's, again, that kind of organic thing, and then them being comfortable with each other. So um, those are really enjoyed, too. So I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm I'm looking to see how this is gonna enhance and grow, and I I see something beautiful, so Um, I'm glad that Jenny started that up again, so thanks. Oh, thank you,
7: yeah.
1: Vice Chair Crowley.
5: Yeah, I'm very excited to hear and see you again and learn about the intent and the motivation behind everything. So I just wanted to offer some information I had that seem to work in other cities and other places uh, in, an, in an agricultural model because what's interesting about our city and our surrounding area is that once that community starts to network among itself, the coordinators or the program uh, organizers, there's always a moment where you're thinking how long can this sustain itself? We've had an, a tremendous um, world event that has occurred and we're all learning how to reincorporate ourselves. I found that in other rural communities or uh, farm to fork type cities that have a reputation similar to Sacramento. So in the Midwest, for example, when I attend some of these um, virtual conferences and related to health integration, independent skills, all the things that you've discussed and we've talked about so far, the underlying goal of almost like a mentorship that everyone from all these places right now are congregating and will have skills developed to then take it back to their community. And sometimes we can, as well-intentioned people, say, well, we need a bus or we need this or we need that. And then that requires time and money and organizers are scrapping. So with that intent, I'm saying there's an agribility or an agricultural funding model that sometimes gets untapped because there's a whole USDA curriculum that's available for free if if there's a lens to incorporate it. So what I heard is that we're starting at the parks and integrating within the parks. So my first thought was something that's very simple Would be to learn those skills of maintaining that community garden and in the south oak park south brentwood area even in midtown everywhere you go there's this momentum of how can makers how can the makers of our community the teens and the youth and that cool lingo to be able to um, integrate skills and then bring it back to the community that might be a very simple partnership among those um, business districts that exist in the city and those businesses that weren't previously thought of, uh, places like the co-op spaces or uh, those who are making the boxes or um, the urban farmers or the farmers markets where they want the help, but they're maybe scared, not scared isn't the word, but inexperienced, and there's no way that anyone can vouch for these teens and adults to say, hey, they want community, they have these friendships, how can we have them integrate back into their community? And I just wanted to throw that out there because there's a lot of talk outside of school because it's like an enrichment, uh, how to use their off-school time to, to where the parents are learning, they, they have a life goal of being able to um, Hopefully, be as independent or as aid, aided with their uh, lifestyle after the parents are no longer that prime person or caregiver or guardian. And there's a lot of buzz in the in the world that I live in, uh, which is this elementary to middle school transition to um, the children who are uh, going to the state fair, uh, 4-H clubs, uh, urban urban. Um, gardens where community members already exist just that introduction with having that at the park will generate that buzz it seems like in that organic manner so i just wanted to remind that as everyone's kind of doing the reinvention of it it might already be smack dab in the center of everything you're doing it's just introducing everyone around saying did you know that we have helpers who are ready to work and there's something about that agricultural space that embraces a slower pace, which allows for processing and developing skill over time anyway. And there's longevity in it, as opposed to following school schedules. So I just wanted to, when I heard about people, um, coordinators testing up into their credential and uh, recreational specialists, there's something in the agricultural world where there's um, funding that's wanting to be spent and there's a skill set. So if one of those coordinators can tap into that and I'm happy to volunteer myself to uh, kind of poke around uh, with what we have in the county and the the area. It's a very exciting space to think about, especially for those who um, are extra bodies ready to help out and work. And um, I just wanted to
7: share that sort of insight. I appreciate that, thank you very much. It's the connections that we make.
1: Commissioner Chan.
6: Just one more thing, where can families get information about Access Leisure or the Hangout besides just the cities? Do you guys partner with other nonprofits to share the information or regional centers?
7: Yes, so all of our information goes to the regional centers. Um, They also, we have our website as well that we um, constantly are posting. Uh, Social media, we're starting to learn about the whole social media thing and getting it out there. Um, We have several of our staff that currently work for us, that also are within the school districts as well in different situations. And so it's great having them as plugs as well so we just hand them stuff and they can disseminate it. Uh, we also send our information to, like right now, uh, Sac City Unified School District um, through their main office so that they can, they can get it out to um, their special education programs or their classrooms. Um, we share, oh my God, we have so many partners. Um, our information goes out on uh, the UCP website. Um, I believe we still have stuff going out in Warmline. So it's just that making those connections and getting it out there, yes. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Well, thanks again, tagging on with Commissioner Crowley. We are the farm to fork capital of the world. So maybe we can, uh, get some funding or some support from the food vendors in, in our community. But thanks. Um, it's always a, a, a pleasure to hear from this group. And I hope that we can get you back next year to give us another update. The work you do is so important to our city and I'm proud of the city for supporting that work that you do. Thanks for being here tonight.
7: Thank you, Thank you all. Enjoy your evening.
1: Um, Moving on to matters that are not on the agenda. Are there any um, commissioners who wish to speak on items that are not on the agenda? Commissioner comments. Commissioner Tuzon Boyd.
2: Thank you, Chair McMillan, appreciate it. I wanted to um take the opportunity to uh, give the commission um, an update on the ADA drop off and pick up access point for Golden One Arena. Um, Since our last meeting, Commissioner Mercer, who um, is absent today, had an opportunity to, um, again, take her husband to attend a King's game um, at Golden One. Um, and uh, she documented that experience on video and and wrote up some notes about it. Um, During that experience, uh, she discovered something that I hadn't noticed before, that um, in order to access DOCO, you actually have to, if you're using a mobility device, such as a scooter or a wheelchair, you actually have to go into the street, Fourth Street, to um, DOCO, because there is a stairwell... Um, that uh, blocks the sidewalk at the end of that street. Um, So the city has already responded um, that they're working on some of the parking challenges that um, Commissioner Mercer identified in her video using a van with a ramp the way it's currently striped um, and plan to address um, adding an additional ADA parking space that is... Um, more in line with how uh, that type of van operates. And <clears throat> that also includes removing, I think, um, some poles and signage or relocating it. Um, but there still is the issue that uh, that spot really is not a good access point for individuals with disabilities to attend events at Golden One Arena. You um, can see in the video that there, it's unclear how they're supposed to get from that point to the actual arena entrance. It was stormy that evening as well, very windy (coughs) and rainy. And there was no opening available for a wheelchair um, in the barricaded area. And so staff actually had to move the barricade so that her husband could pass through in his wheelchair. That is at the top of uh, DOCO, not at the ADA entrance, which is, I think we've all discussed, the ideal location to be able to drop folks off, which is on L Street. The person who is a um, season King's ticket holder that um, accompanies commissioners, um, Mercer's husband to games frequently has noted and documented that while uh, folks with ADA placards are unable to access L Street to drop off uh, event goers, um, party buses and stretch limos, and other vip vehicles are allowed access on l street and drop off at the ada entrance um, on that side of the arena so um, i know city staff is working diligently to um, try to um, improve this situation but i think it's important that we stay abreast of it and um, if we have any concerns to share those with your city council members Um, so that they can continue to advocate as well on behalf of uh, those in our community who might want to participate in uh, going to a concert or a playoff game or some other Disney on Ice event at Golden One. And then I had one other question, and I'm not sure that that's something that can be updated. Maybe um, Jerry Standen might have some information. I'm curious... Uh, the status of the lawsuit against the city of Sacramento in regards to keeping clear paths of travel on our city sidewalks uh, for those who have disabilities.
4: Yeah, I'm not familiar with that uh, particular uh, litigation. I don't know if it's been discussed before um, in this uh, commission, but um, you can easily communicate with Jerry, uh, and that which is public information can be distributed via email to the commission-wide.
2: I think that would be great to be added to the commission's follow-up log, if possible. So it could be an update, not necessarily a presentation, but some information disseminated to the commissioners. That's, a, I believe, a joint lawsuit against the county and the city of Sacramento. Thank you.
1: Okay. Hey, no the speaker's um yeah i i i think that um this this golden one issue has is been um brought up often and it continues to come up i think that the uh you know our representative here josh has uh, heard it all i i i believe he's doing the best that he can and he's exhausted his <laughs> his abilities to influence this change so uh i think brandy you bring up some good points about um using the other avenues that you have it as private citizens on this issue um you know that i we do know that the city is working hard with the nba to um, try and solve this issue commissioner williams
3: um so real quick just i'm trying to visually um picture this where is the drop-off currently if it's not on l where's where's the access point the designated
2: drop-off point is fourth and j so when that spot was originally identified um it was being used for ada parking i believe downtown for downtown plaza Um, You know, that area was restructured a little bit, and now um, there's a hotel um, across the street from the drop-off. So if you are coming downtown on J Street, say you got off the freeway, that's that first right on fourth. It's a really short alley, yard houses to the east left, and it's the spaces across from the hotel. And What is the name of the hotel? Oh, wait, can I... The Exchange, so it's a boutique hotel. The Exchange, um, and they have a, so original that was that hotel wasn't there when Golden was planned was planned and the transportation management plan was uh, developed in partnership with the Kings, um, but that's since opened they have valet parking. Um, they have used the ADA drop-off zone to stage cars for valet, which I reported to the city and they enforced and notified the valet. Vendor, which is separate from the hotel, that they their, their license um, or their permit is in jeopardy if they continue to you know stage vehicles in a no parking area. But um, it's it that street just kind of loops down, and and um, I know there's some some barriers so you can't drive through, um, but people often go down and drop off you know folks for just everyday folks at the end of that street but it's a, it's a very busy corridor
3: so do they have access to get into the event if there's an event on that side or are we are we talking about that you would have to almost go to go the length around
2: of, to if get- you go the length of the so if if you don't go into the street into 4th street and go down to the end which is even to the street then you would I guess you'd have to go all the way around I'm not really sure how you would access it but if you go into the street and go down 4th um, the street level is even with the entryway to DOCO, and then you traverse that area from Yard House all the way down to the arena. But there isn't any signage that points you to the ramp. There is a ramp there that gets you over there, um, but it's not well marked. So, it, and it is quite, um, you know, you're going through the, the shopping center
3: basically to get to the arena. Very good. Yeah, very good point on the signage because I I, did, I didn't even know.
2: So they do put temporary signage out during events um, that say you know ADA drop off and pick up only. But you know, um, I think we discussed before enforcing that is is a challenge when you're down enforcement officers and, and even then you know um, people are already doing it right. You're already admit I'm already dropping off. Angie, right? <laughs> like, can't stop me.
3: So, I remember having issues when we did great plates. So, yeah, um, and picking up food and dropping off—that was and that's the other thing.
2: I go down there pretty regularly. I know the city's probably tired of hearing from me, but I, you know, watch the food delivery pickup folks. They use that area to park temporarily to go pick up um, orders. Uh, so it's a pretty road. It's at any given time, there may or may not be people parked there when they're not supposed to be, but that aside, navigating from that parking or that drop off point to the arena is not ideal.
1: Okay, thank you. Uh, Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to comment on items that are not on the agenda?
0: Thank you, Chair. I have no speaker slips and uh, no speakers with their hands raised on this item.
1: Well, thank you. Um, that concludes today's agenda. I want to thank the city staff for a long day. I know it is when you come out here to support us. Thank you all for being here. Thank you to the members of the public who, who attended our meeting online and in person. And thank you to my fellow commissioners for showing up today on this important job we do. This meeting is adjourned.